We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 U.S. Open picks. Player by player, going from the top, I was going to say all the way down to the bottom, but, you know, eventually we're going to get to a point where it's like, yeah, you don't want to play these guys. And that's going to be the hard-hitting analysis that I bring you. I will be joined by Rick Gaiman from RickRunGood.com momentarily. But first, I need to tell you how you can get into draws to win 1000 no S of dollars. The thousand dollars. Well, it's going to be divvied up by a bunch of you. One uh, on Tuesday afternoon at the PME on Twitter, I will be releasing a tweet. That tweet will be attached to 50 millionaire maker tickets in to the DraftKings millionaire maker this week. So you'll want to pay attention to that at the PME. Other than that, Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star rating and in your review, say something nice about the show. Include your Twitter handle and or email address so I can contact you if you're a winner. And then you're in the pool for the other $500 of giveaways. Takes around 24 seconds. That's an estimation in order to do. I've dropped the link in the description for both of the giveaway reviews that you can be doing right now. Uh, and you can find all the details in the newsletter. Uh, you can find that in the description as well. Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link. Filling up very very quickly. It's no rake. It's $15 to play. You can put in three entries. Also find that in the description. So much stuff is down in that description. It will blow your mind. Just like fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off all the stats, all the tools. You want to make the work easy on yourself doing all the research. And when you go to make 500 lineups or whatever you want to make, it'll take like 10 seconds because you have a membership at fantasynational.com slash mayo for that 20% off. Also, finally, the Pat Mayo Experience today is brought to you by X-Golf Colorado with three locations in Colorado. X-Golf provides the most accurate, fun way to play golf at any time of the day and any time of the year, all inside. 
Play one of 45 different courses, including Pebble Beach, Oakmont, Kapalua, Bay Hill PGA National, and more. You can play for fun, or you can play in a league, or you can play in a tournament. X-Golf Colorado. Go check it out. If you ever just want an awesome place to sit around and watch the final round of the U.S. Open, while playing Pebble Beach in the meantime, make your reservation now for Sunday with the most accurate simulators on the market. And equipped with a full bar and food options available, you never need to wait for the cart person to come around. Always the worst when you want a drink or some food nowhere to be found it's only right after you buy one that another one comes by we all know how the the cart people work all right enjoy the new age of watching pros while attempting to beat the pros book your tea time using code mayo that's m-a-y-o in the comment section at checkout to receive an hour of free golf after you purchase an hour so you get two hours for the price of one with code MAYO at XGOLF. And this offer is only good at participating locations, which include XGOLF for Fort Collins, XGOLF DTC, and XGOLF Grand Junction. XGOLF. Play. Train. Entertain. XGOLF. Go check it out, all right? Rick Gaiman from Rick Run Good is on the line right now. We started this show, the player-by-player, player, impromptu before we were going to record one day, and people really seem to dig it. Uh, we subject ourselves to going player by player, uh, creating clippable worst takes uh, for every single golfer in the field. So I'm glad I'm glad the people are enjoying it. I actually find it uh, very valuable as well, Pat, because, you know, we can usually offer hey, here are the pros, here are the cons, try to figure it out. And uh, yeah, well, on a field like this, you, you really you really need to give basically every golfer the the TLC that they deserve. They do. And then the main comment that you get back is you have to talk about every player and you bring up the pros and the cons. Like, you just like every player. It's like, well, no, but we're here to weigh both sides of why you should be playing these guys or not playing these guys. And deluded people just can't seem to figure that out. Also, a lot of them are very good golfers. Like, that's kind of the deal here. There's a lot of really good golfers at the U.S. Open, believe it or not. But the good thing is, Pat, uh, I don't log into your account or anybody else's account. You can play. You can spend your money however you'd like. If I like the guy and you don't, don't play him. I don't care. <laughs> I, yeah, we were talking about this before the show about the, like, custom models that you can punch in. All you're really doing with a custom model, it's not an optimizer. You are telling the computer what the inputs are, and then it spits everything everything out because i told you it's like i'm just gonna fuck around with mine until it spits out the players that i want to play and then make myself feel good about it positive reinforcement but you can juke stats to make them look any sort of way if you only focus on one or two things hence how when i don't include putting i get the same guys every single week yeah, exactly right. I, I lean on ball striking, and sure enough, Keegan Bradley's always in my top 10, and that old Luke List hops in there every once in a while. It is certainly uh, based on what you are putting into it. Your model is only as good as your inputs. It is not some magic machine, but we you know we try to do our best to figure it out. So once again, fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off. All the ownerships, all the tools, the custom model, the mixed condition model. I did my walkthrough on Sunday on Mayo Media Network. Please subscribe to Mayo media network by the way also smash the like button for the video and in the comment section you tell me your highest price fade at the u.s open which of these top end players are you not going to be playing or betting so either on DraftKings or you just outright do not want to bet stay away from this guy i'm curious to hear it because it's really tough to parse the very top of this board and if you hit the time codes you can see the time codes for each of the players so 
We might as well jump into this, starting with the most expensive player in the U.S. Open. He has won at Torrey Pines in the past in his first ever start at the Farmers Insurance Open. He was going to win Memorial in dominating fashion about two weeks ago, had to withdraw because of a positive COVID-19 test. He is now apparently COVID negative, according to his test, so he is going to be in the field at the U.S. Open. It is John Rahm. On DraftKings, he is $11,200 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He is 10 to 1 to win this tournament. I went through this with Feinberg, Rick, and I love everything about John Rahm. He actually statistically rates out the best for me. I think this price is too much for me to pay, and I'm just not going to bet a 10 to 1 golfer in a field this strong. So he's going to be, when we talk about high price fade, I'm fading John Rahm, although I don't want to do it. I tend to agree with that statement. Golf-wise, there is nothing negative about John Rahm. He has gained strokes off the tee in every event dating back to the start of 2020. Not 2021, 2020. He is deadly with a driver in his hand. That's going to be important when you're playing at Torrey Pines and trying to avoid that thick Kakuya rough all over the place. And of course, the last time we saw him, he was running away with one of the more prestigious events that we have on the PGA tour. And with all that being said, Pat, I probably can't get there on him either. And and the reason for that is sometimes uh, it looks too good to be true. And it is, we know how volatile golf is and Torrey Pines in general year over year at farmers is one of the more volatile courses that we have outside of John Rahm and maybe Rory McIlroy, who has a smaller sample size. You see a lot of guys who will have two missed cuts, uh, two top tens. It, it's, it's not as stable as some of our other, uh, uh, courses that we go to on, on a regular basis. So for me, with how crazy golf is, with all of the other players in this field, it would be very difficult to allocate any amount of, you know, huge resources to John Rahm. Do you think there's anything to his, you know, let's say, hot-headed temperament where he can run hot during rounds leading to bad decisions and we saw it at the players championship when he was in contention a few years back it has not surfaced all that often but i remember aaron hills him going up the slope coming back the slope and then him beating the shit out of his golf bag i don't know if the u.s open is the perfect type of venue for someone with his mentality not to say that he can't win but i'm looking for cons here uh he's missed two of his five star he's missed the cut in two of his five starts at the u.s open he's come third once he came t23 the other two times like t23 is a fantastic finish if you're the guy that i take at $6,800 if i'm paying up for john rama i need a win a second a third or a fourth or a fifth from you if i'm gonna pay that much money and i don't know i just don't understand why he's so much higher than all these other guys yeah, the, the the difference between him and everybody else is uh, a little head scratching. But you know, in in terms of the the uh, the mindset, he's he's a new dad, Pat. He's got a whole new perspective on the game of golf and on life. I do actually think that uh, the fiery aspect of John Rom makes him John Rom. You know, if he was constantly trying to hold it all in all the time, uh, I think you'd see a different version of him on the course, and he might not play as well. What you'll notice, and they don't always catch this on TV, but the thing that him and his caddy Adam Hayes have actually started doing is when John Rom needs to get it out, he will just curse out his caddy walking down the fairway for 30 seconds and then they move on. They all often do not show this on television, but this is a, a technique that he has actually gotten into recently uh, for him to try to avoid those blowups, those bad decisions, or at least Pat for things that linger for multiple shots at a time. 
I actually like that. I could see myself utilizing some other <laughs> tools. It's more than like it's better than the anger management woosa. But yeah, like even just beating the shit out of his bag. He played well afterwards, but it just led to such a horrible decision in the moment. You just cannot be giving those shots away at the US Open. But statistically, like you said, the off the tee strokes gained off the tee is there. We know that the driving distance is there. And one of the main factors that I was looking into, uh, and if you go check out the newsletter from Monday evening, you're gonna find it in there is when you just go back and look at the U.S. Opens, and the key stat that I found, the most telling stat is driving distance, but it's also coupled with greens and regulation rate. So you don't need to be the best iron player, but you need to be able to hit your greens and regulation from the rough if you have a lot of driving distance. You don't need to be putting it three feet from the hole and making birdie every time, but put it to 40 feet, two putt for par, be on your way. That is the U.S. Open strategy to contending. And Rom is actually the best of the bunch in greens and regulation of all the deep drivers. So that's the part that worries me about fading him is that it's just the week where John Rahm plays as well as John Rahm can and no one else can beat him. But it's not going to be there for me. Let's move on to Jordan Spieth, who is the second highest priced player on DraftKings this week for the millionaire maker. And he is sort of the outlier of the bunch when it comes to all of the plus 10K players. In the betting market, he's around 20 to 1. You can find him at 19 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, 10,900 on DraftKings. Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth, and maybe to an extent Webb Simpson, are the only types of players who don't have all the driving distance in the world that I can see winning this event. I just think that the path for these guys is so difficult and the lift is so much to ask that I don't know if I'm going to get there with some of these shorter hitters. I'd rather just take the path of least resistance. As I've been beating the drum for Jordan Spieth being probably the best player in the world since the start of 2021. That's still an argument that you could make, but this this is not a great setup for him. I mean, Tory requires you to play out of the fairway. He's 176th on tour in driving accuracy. Even some of the results, if you go back and look at the places that he's had great success this year, he's been he's been spraying that driver. He can still gain strokes with it, but he's missing a lot of fairways, and then he's able to hit these unbelievable recovery shots. If he's going to try to do that at Tory. He's going to have to be perfect in every other facet of his game. He's going to have to extract him, uh, extract himself from those thick lies. He's going to have to get that short game magic going again. And I think you put it perfectly, Pat. It is a, a much more narrow path for him because everything to me has to align for him to uh, eventually be on the top of the leaderboard. Strangely enough, I actually do have DraftKings interest in Jordan Spieth because I think that everyone is going to come to the same conclusion that the other four guys above $10,000 are just better players. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I also don't think that Spieth is dead in the water either versus these guys because we've seen the magic man show up enough times and the approach has been so good that if the rough isn't as penal as maybe we're used to, or for whatever reason, he can find himself in the middle of the ferry, or he just has magic beans from the rough and it doesn't matter, and the putter gets hot, I just don't think he's going to come in that highly owned. I think the public will somewhat glom onto him, but versus Rom, Dustin, Bryson, and Brooks, uh, he's going to be the lowest owned one. And if I can get like a 9, 10% speed from the millionaire maker, I don't think that I'm going to be massively overweight. I just did a first run of lineups where I played 20. I had speed in four of the 20. I don't, I mean, that's 20 percent that would be double what the field has in my 20 lineups and I think I'm okay with doing that like fading Rom playing a little bit of speed although he is expensive and I think that will also keep a lot of people off of him and just hope to capture some magic with him 
Yeah, it's much easier to spend on basically any other $10,000 guy. I, I like using, you know, Kiowa Island as uh, it's not it's not at all a comp, but a place where if you miss the fairway, you're kind of at the mercy of what the course gives you, which is what I feel like happens at Torrey Pines. You could catch a, a, a decent lie. I don't think you're ever going to get any great lies in the Kikuya, but you could get some really horrible nested lies. You're a bit at the mercy of where the ball ends up if you're not playing out of the short grass, and he still finished 30th there. I think that's kind of what we're looking for from Jordan Spieth. It, it's certainly not a place I think he's going to implode and, and, and miss the cut, but you know, 15th to 30th is probably the, the, the big chunk of his range of outcomes. And then uh, obviously with, with, with some luck, with some things aligning, he can go in either direction, but I think he's going to, he's going to be around. Like he's going to be on the coverage. He's going to be on all that stuff. I just, I just don't think that for the price that he is $10,900, you've got to get every ounce out of him this week. So here's the trickiest decision of the week, I think. Dustin Johnson is up next. He's the second favorite in the betting market at 15 to 1. He is $10,700 on DraftKings. Recently, Anderkirst is Tim's pick to win this event. <laughs> Coming off what I wouldn't call a great week for him at Palmetto. And frankly, I can't recall the last time that Dustin Johnson had a great week. It's just been big numbers have really been blowing it for him. And he even made some nice long par saves to keep his number where it was before he finally got back in contention. Now you could throw it back the other way and say Dustin basically had his D minus game and was still there late on a Sunday against what really amounted to like three good players in an alternate field event. And of course, he really should have dominated, though. I think that he obviously sets up well for U.S. Open golf. He putts really well on Poa Greens. We've seen that over time with the amount of success that he's had in California. Obviously, a former U.S. Open winner. I think he's going on my fade list, though. I, I just look at the guys below him, the next three guys, and I'd rather have all of them instead of Dustin Johnson this week. I'm probably a bit more optimistic. I will have some level of exposure to Dustin Johnson just because he's got all the upside in the world. We've seen him do it for the last 12 or 18 months or however long you want to call it. He has legitimate uh, high upside winning equity at every event that he ends up teeing it up at. I'm not really at all impressed at what he did at the Palmetto Championship, a 10th place finish in a, in a field that he was the one or maybe one A guy in it with Brooks Kepka being there. But you're, you're right, Patty. He played horrible. I mean, he had some putts on Saturday and Sunday that never even sniffed the line that he was attempting to hit them on, or he misread them by two feet. I mean, it, it was really ugly stuff. But what I think the good news is for DJ is he's he is uh, very much like Rory McIlroy. He's a bit of a momentum player to me. Once he starts going in the right direction, once he starts getting that confidence, it's really hard to stop him. So uh, I, I think that he is worth the, the risk because of how big his upside is. And if he gets going for the first or first round or two uh he's going to be very very difficult to stop and i mean you were you were listing the stuff on poa and in california it's it's very very enticing for me uh, a lot like john rob who also has an excellent california track record as well i, I think his top five percentage at california course is like 87 percent or something <laughs> absolutely mind-boggling when you go back and look at it this is just more of not not even necessarily a game theory play it's just i can only play so many of these guys above ten thousand dollars and i do think that the winner probably comes from one of the top 15 guys that I really, if I want to have a chance in some of these larger DraftKings tournaments, I need to concentrate my ownership on two, three, four guys and just completely roll that way. Uh, so tough decisions must be made. So Dustin Johnson gets left on the chopping room floor for me. The next guy, however, does not. Bryson DeChambeau, 10000 
$400 on DraftKings. You can find him at 15 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. You can actually find him at 18 to 1 in some other places that are floating around here. Yes, he kind of broke the USGA last year. I'm Listen, I just think he's going to be a good U.S. Open player because he does the things that I want to see. Obviously, the distance is there, but beyond that, besides Spieth, he is the best putter of anyone up here in this game. He can basically hit a green in regulation from anywhere, uh, no matter how thick the rough is because of his ball flight and how far he puts the ball down, and he is one of the better Papoa putters in the field as well. I would rather hitch my wagon to Bryson at a cheaper price than Dustin right now. I get that. Uh, and I'm probably with you. The The idea that Bryson's playing worse than his own expectation, that's going on right now. He's coming off the top 20 at the Memorial. That's a fine finish. But he is designed and he is built for U.S. Opens. This is it. This is the whole point. The whole point is hit it very far. And when you and everybody else are playing out of the rough, you have this massive advantage. And that's what we saw at Wingsfoot. The Wingsfoot fairways were too difficult to hit. So when everyone was playing out of the rough and Bryson was 30 yards past everybody and he was able to extract it with the power and the club head speed and even get some of these balls to land a little bit softer than everybody else, it's a massive advantage. There are going to be guys in this field that are, are taking a half a stroke penalty when they hit it in the rough. Bryson is not one of those guys. So I'm almost able to uh, completely wipe what I've seen since essentially his victory uh, earlier this year and say, this is what he's been waiting for. This is where he's what he's been designed for. And this is where he has the largest advantage. This one single event with very thick rough that will play long. This, this is it. So I'm with you, Pat. Yeah, and like I said, the pup, Poa putting splits, better for Bryson. It's funny because I'm down to who I'm going to bet this week, and we'll get to who my bet is from the top end. But I'm thinking about just taking another guy from the top of the board, and it's down to Bryson versus one of these other guys at a slightly better number. So maybe I'll try to get you to weigh in on it. Feinberg is leaning me one way, but I just really want to pull the trigger on Bryson. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm in on Bryson. Even just looking back, it, the fact that the approach has been pretty good, even at the PGA Championship at Memorial, like it's been in the around the green in the putting stuff that's been letting him down a little bit. It hasn't been like a lights out approach by any means, but we do know if there's going to be any part of his game that usually lets him down, it's like he can get the irons going bad. We know that like Rom, the driving is going to be there. If he can just be slightly above average with his irons and do his normal stuff everywhere else, uh, this is his tournament for the taking. So I'm in on Bryson. Brooks is next. He is 18 to one in most spots. He's still above $10,000. And I was hoping we would get an ownership discount on Brooks after what happened at the Palmetto when he missed the cut. But just looking at his underlying numbers from Palmetto, not too concerned about what Brooks Kepka is up to. The driver, excellent. The irons, excellent. He couldn't chip or putt. Not usually a problem for old Brooks Kepka. He is the guy that I have already wagered on. Uh, 19 to one at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to be massively overweight on Brooks on DraftKings. There's two players in the field when you look at them and say, hey, these guys are built for U.S. Opens. It's him and it's Xander Shoffley. If you just want to start your teams, Brooks, Xander, probably couldn't fault you too much for that, but I'm all in on Brooks here in terms of DraftKings, in terms of the betting market. I, I think that this is what he gears himself up for. And Maybe if I bet Bryson and bet Brooks together, they can join forces and be at the top of the leaderboard. 
<laughs> I'd pay for that. Uh, I, I also I also bet Brooks already. The the idea that um, if you can have a good missed cut, he had it last week. He didn't have to play the weekend in Muggy, South Carolina. He could get to Torrey Pines early, and he gained strokes in each of the ball striking categories. When Brooks loses on or around the greens, it usually comes back fairly quickly. You don't usually see him go into a multiple event stretch of being a big loser in the short game. And you know, if you just just zoom out a little bit and look at his last seven starts. He has a victory and two runners up. This is what Brooks does. You might take on a bit more missed cut equity than some of the, some of his peers, but you take on way more win equity, you know, for with, with, with the great reward uh, is that great risk. And I think that's okay to embrace at times here, Pat. And I've, I've been trying to discount uh, the Brooks mentality of only majors matter to me, right? He's been saying that. And I'm like, there's no way that's impossible. You can't do that. There's only four a year continues to prove me wrong, continues to play well at major championships. And I don't have any reason to think he's not going to do it again this week. Past six U S open finishes for Brooks Kepka. second, first, first, 13th, 18th, fourth. Yep. But besides Xander, I mean, he has the two wins in there, so it's better than Xander. Xander's never finished worse than sixth at a U.S. Open. That's a pretty good track record. These conditions are Brooks Kepka golf. He's going to bomb it. He's going to play pretty well out of the rough and put it to 33 feet. And then the weeks that he's making the 33-foot putts once every six times, which we've seen him do, he wins. So that's that's the formula for him to win this week. I think it's even more impressive to have that run of results for a U.S. Open than even like a Masters or even just any random event where we stay at the same place every single year. Of course, the USGA, they're going to try to design the courses, you know, or, or set them up somewhat similar. Rough is usually thick, uh, usually firm and fast. We want the winning score to be generally near even par. That That's the idea. But the fact that he's been able to do that on six different courses is it's almost mind boggling, right? I mean, it's it goes back to he is designed for this. So it's it's unbelievably impressive when you're able to pull off what he's been able to do. Next up on the list, dropping into the $9,000 range, it is the other guy that I'm debating whether to bet or not to bet versus Bryson. It's Rory. I like what Rory is up to at the moment. And Jeff was pointing it out to me, and it's not the first time I've heard it all week, is how bad Rory's been with the driver. He has not been bad. He has just not been the best player in the world with the driver. And even though he is still gaining strokes on the field off the tee, it's just not what he's normally gaining. But in place of that, he has started to gain a bunch of strokes with his irons. And if he can navigate the Kikuya rough, even if he is missing fairways from time to time, especially to the left, uh, as, as actually something that Cust pointed out, that is very true. When Rory gets it going bad with the driver, he misses left all the time. If he can figure that out this week or just play it well enough out of the rough from the left with the irons that have been so hot, the rest of his game is fine. He's chipping well, he's putting well, and the irons have been the best they have since essentially he won the Players' Championship two years ago. That DraftKings-wise, he is going to be the third man in with Brooks and Bryson where I rotate my lineups. In the betting market, I don't know if I'm going to get there at 20-1 to 1 if Bryson is going to hang an 18, but I see nothing to fear with Rory other than him shooting 76 in the first round and having to rally on Friday. Hopefully he just doubles number one and gets that out of his system because Tiger did that a bunch in 2008 and was still able to win this golf tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly bullish on Rory McIlroy, especially when you put a two in front of his odds. That's that's what we got him at for the Wells Fargo Championship. And of course, he he paid that one off. I, I think what's interesting about Rory is what he's doing with his driver now. You're right. It is not 
bad. It is tour average. That's what he was doing with his irons when the tour restarted. He wasn't bad with his irons and wedges. He was just tour average. And that's that's not Rory McIlroy. So it's, it's, it's usually not the driver that is the issue for Rory. I suspect he gets back to that. He's been, he's, he's putted well on POA in his career. And you look at his very small sample size at Torrey Pines. He's only played here three times, but he's gone fifth, third, and T16, Pat. I, I agree with you. I think this is a, a really good number on a guy that, of course, has winning upside. He's just won a couple of starts ago and has plenty of good vibes here in La Jolla. How do you think that the ownership breaks down on the six guys that we've talked about? Spieth the lowest, or does the public carry Spieth enough in the millionaire maker because they all just want to root for Jordan Spieth? Interesting. Uh, oh, boy. I think that... Oh man, this is tough. I bet you that uh, I bet Spieth is the lowest owned. I I just I just think that when you uh, Rom is a very popular golfer and he's only three hundred dollars more expensive and he is uh, there are there are no issues with this game. The one people the one thing that people know about Jordan Spieth is that he sprays the driver and that if you don't want to play uh, if if you have a, if you don't want to play John Rom you could go down and get the Brookses the Brysons the Rorys the DJs. I just think that uh, the awkward pricing of of Spieth keeps him as the lowest owned golfer here okay i would tend to agree with you other than that is it dustin that comes in next or is it bryson yeah. because people have this like visceral reaction to bryson no the defending champ will will get his ownership and and believe it or not they might not be as vocal but people people like bryson i like i I, <laughs> I like bryson <laughs> I don't mind the guy. I think he's a little weird, a little quirky, but I'm a little weird and a little quirky. Like it's cool. It's all good. Uh, you know, Bryson is, uh, obviously our defending champion DJ, you know, he, he is not sexy at all. It, when, when DJ is going well and everybody wants to play him, it's when he's rattling off victories and top fives. And we're not seeing that from him right now. And, and it's a, the last time that the public got together and, and they, and they got to roster, uh, DJ was at the masters. He missed the cut. So I just, you know, I, I'm just a, a bit worried that no, I'm not worried about it. I just don't think anybody's going to play DJ as much. Okay. Justin Thomas is up next. He's another player that the last time we got a two next to his name, he won the players championship. You can get him at 22 to one nine, seven on DraftKings. I'm out on Justin Thomas this week. He just doesn't do enough with the driver for me, compared to the very top end guys that he's around, you make him $700 cheaper. I'm probably all in on Justin Thomas. But when you look at his skill set versus Rory Bryson and Brooks at essentially the same price point, I'm going to lean with the guys with the more driving distance who are just consistently going to put it out there at 320 yards and not have to rely all on his irons. And Justin Thomas, probably the best or second best iron player in the world, immaculate short game. He also has those putting deficiencies that come along with him. Is it going to be the every 13th week where he gains five strokes putting? Maybe if that's the case, maybe he'll win. If it's not, you can find himself on the bad side of this tournament really quickly. I completely agree with you. I I can't I can't get to JT. Love him. Thank you for the players. That was great. But th this is this is tough. The two things that he's worst at, Pat, are the two things that I think are can really expose you around Torrey Pines. He 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 miss, misses a lot of fairways. He's 154th in driving accuracy. So again, playing out of the rough is terrible. And you mentioned it, the putter, 122nd in stroke team putting this season. And these are 
tricky greens. These, these Poana greens that are seaside and they are very uh, subtle and tricky. The guy hasn't even played here since 2015. He's only played here twice. I think this is a place that requires a bit more experience and that, that JT does not have compared to his peers. So I, I think the, the two aspects, uh, the longest club in his bag and the shortest club in his bag uh, are, are going to be really difficult to to get over this week and when you look at his results he had the really he had the 63 i think it was or 64 at aaron hills on the saturday to get him back in contention that was the first time he had really made a dent at a u.s open finished well that year he finished eighth last year at aaron hills but i think we all forget i believe he was first round leader and he was cruising into saturday it was kind of like well justin thomas is gonna win no worries about that (laughs) And then everything that we're talking about right now happened in round three. He started missing all the fairways. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't get it out of the rough onto the green. And he wasn't able to chip it two inches from the hole. And then the putter stopped working. All of a sudden, he was just out of the tournament. He was he dropped from like second all the way down to 21st, rebounded a little bit on Sunday. I just worry that that blow-up round is there for him. And some of the steadier guys just might not have that. Like... He has the potential to go out and shoot a 66, even at Torrey Pines with these conditions, but he might follow that up with a 78. Yeah, there's there's big numbers lurking out there. Take it take it from me. I've played this course uh, quite a bit. It, it it will just eat you alive. And there are some uh, very difficult spots. The fact that they turn six and from a from a five into a four is going to be treacherous. I mean, there there are big numbers lurking out there. If you're just a little bit off, and uh, when JT gets a little bit off, it's it's hard for him to fix it in the middle of the round. He usually is able to fix it on the range the day after or something like that. But it's very hard in the middle of the round. And if he does it on a Thursday or Friday, he might he might not get a chance to fix it pat colin morikawa is next my guy colin morikawa who is nine thousand five hundred dollars on DraftKings, 25 to 1 at DraftKings sportsbook to win this event the best iron player in the world he is number one tee to green over the past 24 rounds uh even though his chipping is not good but that's just how good he is with his irons plus the fact that he hits so many fairways if this was 2007 at the u.s open I'd say he is the only bet that I'm making. But distance is such a factor now that just simply hitting fairways where people don't do it at an 88% clip or an 80% clip at U.S. Opens, it's just not going to happen. That that takes away the biggest advantage that he has here, I think. And where we've seen the gravitation towards distance over the past five years and the results speak for themselves at the U.S. Open, it pains me to say because I think he might be my favorite player, but I'm out. Oh. Oh no, I, I, I'll get all hot and bothered talking about Colin Morikawa here. I, I, I did, I think a similar thing of what you did. I, I was, I was on my site. I was on rickrungood.com. I looked last 12 rounds, last 24, last 36, last hundred. Didn't matter. The number one player in the field from T to green, Colin Morikawa, the putter, always a question mark, but that's not new. He's like four wins and, you know, a major championship later, a couple of playoff losses, the putters, who cares? He wins in spite of the putter. And I think that if uh, the USGA, the way they want this course to play, and we'll see because they can't control the Marine layer as it rolls in in the morning. And, and, and the fact that they're at sea level and, and most guys don't hit it as far. And the, and the course like they're going to try to firm this up. If he can get it in the fairway, he can run it out. I'm not as worried about his lack of distance because everything else is absolutely sublime and it's not even that he has a lack of distance i it's almost like the rory isn't driving it well type of (laughs) comment like morikawa has 
fine distance. He's just not a bomber, but he makes it all up with accuracy. It's kind of why I called him like new school Henrik Stenson. He's the, he's the elevated version of what Stenson is accomplished in his career. Morikawa has almost already accomplished in his over a two and Stenson's a Hall of Famer, which is crazy to think, but it's the same type of stuff where it's going to be fairways, it's going to be great irons from 175 and out, and if he putts that week, he's probably going to win. That's the Colin Morikawa stuff, but I just think that hitting fairways at Torrey Pines is going to be incredibly difficult this week, no matter who you are. Brennan Todd is going to hit like 54% of fairways, and if I'm right about that, I think it takes away the biggest advantage Morikawa has, because then he is not hitting a wedge into these greens. He's having this stiff, like a six iron from the thick rough from way out it's just going to be too hard to hold the green for him i agree with the statement that if he is missing fairways he is he's toes up he doesn't have a chance here i i do wonder uh, i i think the usg i think they kind of screwed up winged foot a little bit right they they as i mentioned earlier with bryson they they made the fairways unhittable i'm not sure it's going to be that extreme. Maybe as the week goes on, we get more information, but I'm I'm more optimistic that Morikawa can play out of the fairway and a lot of other guys can play out of the fairway as well. So the best guys in the field in 2008 in terms of driving accuracy, uh, Derek Fatauer, who I think was an amateur that year, Hunter Mahan, Heath Slocum, Boo Weekly and John Mallinger. They were all at 70, 73 and 71%. Uh, so the field average was above 50%, unlike the 41% where it was. But I think if it hangs out around like, and I think that the fairways are going to be more difficult to hit this time around than they were in 2008. That just seems to be the new MO of the USGA, especially after Aaron Hills, where they kind of got embarrassed. It seemed like they wanted to ratchet everything up. Now, that's just me projecting. I could be completely wrong about that. But if the field average is around even, let's say, 60%, 55%, I just don't think that, like, Morikawa would have to hit around that 71% number, I think, to win. And I'm not talking about coming in sixth, which he could do by missing fairways. In order to win this event, I think that he's going to need to be top 10 in driving accuracy. And that's just such a big ask for for guys that I know that don't need to hit fairways and can still contend. It's fair. It, it's certainly fair. I think it. I think it is definitely going to depend on how many of, of these guys are playing out of fairway and how often are they doing it. That that will be the difference maker. If everybody's playing out of the rough, Bryson wins. If everybody's playing out of the fairway, or or some guys can play out of the fairway, half the field is. I think Morikawa can win it. So uh, I agree with your sentiment. I just think we're we're assessing the situation a hair differently. Xander Shoffley up next. I project him at the moment to be the highest owned player in the DraftKings yep. Millionaire Maker. No surprise there. As I've already mentioned, he has no finish worse than sixth at a US Open. He's $9,300. He's 15 to 1 to win. He's the best odds value on the board of anyone at the top. Although I think that 15 to 1 number is a bit ridiculous considering some of the names that are listed behind him and the other names that are currently 15 to 1. But, you know, he came second at the Farmers at the end of January. He's a home course for me. He's from San Diego. Uh, everyone always knows when you play in your hometown, you always win. Uh, I, I read that somewhere, uh, at least according to people. That that's the narrative. It always happens. Although I can't actually remember the last time that it happened. I guess Shane Lowry, although that was in Northern Ireland, he's proper Irish, so that doesn't even really count when it comes down to it. Either way, I, I'm just fading Xander because he's going to be the most popular guy, and just hope he doesn't finish inside the top ten. <laughs> that, that, that's so, what I'm. That's so- what I'm praying for. <laughs> Uh, I don't think you can bet him. The odds are pretty ridiculous. I mean, isn't the narrative that this guy doesn't win golf tournaments or doesn't win enough? I I don't think you could actually fire an outright on him. The, you know, one and done stuff like that. Sure. He's going to be popular. Um, 
I, I mean, the, the hometown narrative outside of January, Pat, he's been terrible at Torrey Pines, a place that he has said he's played. I can't remember if he said he's played it hundreds of times or a thousand times, whatever it is. He's played Torrey Pines a bunch. And before January, he had four missed cuts. It is five previous starts. Are we just now thinking he's he's cracked the code and he's good to go after his T2 in January? I just am not really putting all that much stock into what happens at the farmers, to tell you the truth. That's if, if that's the case and, and Xander's going to be the highest owned golfer in the field, then um, I, he won't have my dollars like that. I, I can't imagine again, golf's weird. Golf's volatile. Tory's tough. If it's going to be a lot different than what we just saw. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm not nearly as excited. I, I get it. I understand it, but I'm not nearly as excited on Xander as everybody else's. Yeah. I'm completely with you. I just hope he, I uh, listen, I don't wish ill yeah. on the guy, but I hope he has a bad week. Cause I will not be playing him. He's going to sink. I mean, it's a it's basically betting the don't pass line on DraftKings. I am betting that 23% owned Xander Shoffley is going to finish worse than T25 and hopefully miss the cut and not accrue any points. And then all of a sudden, you know, I boxed out 75% of the field right off the hop. If Xander wins, you know, I wasn't going to win anyway. Uh, I'm with you. If Xander <laughs> wins, I'm not. Uh, I will be have zero green green uh, entries this week. <laughs> Victor Hovland is up next at $9,200, also projected to be one of the highest-owned players, finished very well at the Farmers Insurance Open back in January. Uh, per my modeling, he is number seventh. Uh, I brought that up on the Sunday show on the research show. Ball striking over the past 24. He's eighth, T degrees 10th. He's actually improving around the greens, the putting been a lot better as of late uh when we talk about long irons the two ones that i separated the most were 175 to 200 on proximity and 200 plus on proximity and the only player in the field who is better from those two ranges than him is will zalatoris surprisingly enough so xander or sorry victor sets up perfectly i just don't see him winning the u.s open i just don't it's hard. It's hard to do. And he's, and he's young. He's won twice, but uh, obviously nothing remotely close to uh, a major championship. I, I do think we should spend the time to dispel this whole, I suck at chipping thing, which is what he told us after his victory at, uh, at Puerto Rico since the start of 2021, he is dead average, dead tour average around the green. And if he's going to be average around the green, if he's going to have the ability to get a hot putter at times and then be this ball striking maven, he's going to compete and he's going to contend in a lot of these i i tend to agree it doesn't it, I, the only thing i can say negative about victor hovland is it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's ready like these these are hard to win uh there are a lot of other great players there's there's some things that i wish he would button up or he can kind of get you know kicking in the wrong direction at times I, i'm i'm super enthusiastic about him long term i'm just not sure it's going to be this week and i'm going to make the bet same bet as i did with xander is that just i hope i'm betting he's not going to win so i'm just going to leave him off my teams that means patrick cantley is next Someone, the more I look at it, the more I feel like I should be playing. Coming off a win, obviously, at Memorial. has played very good California golf over the years. His past win, uh, besides Memorial, was at the Zozo, which was coincidentally in California this time around. The putter should be good on POA. The ball striking is great. He is someone, I mean, he is the Victor Hovland template. He went from being a god-awful player around the green to one of the best players around the green. In pretty short order, he just had to put in the work. It's going to be tough to win back-to-back -back events for everyone, but I'm not going to hold him just winning against him because, realistically, he shouldn't even won the event. John Rahm should have won the event. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with Cantley. He's falling in this weird range for me where... 
Right now, I only have one player starred that I'm using from the $9,000 range, and it's Rory. And if I want to play a lot of Bryson and I want to play a lot of Brooks and I want to play a lot of Rory, it just doesn't leave me much room for any of these guys on my list. So outside of that stretch of golf from, I guess it would have been maybe players to PGA championship where he just could not find the putter and he was just hemorrhaging strokes on the greens outside of that stretch for the last 18 months, Patrick can't lay what a top three top four player at least in terms of the metrics right i mean he's won a couple of times he won the zozo you mentioned that he just won the memorial his t degree stuff has always been phenomenal and the putter has been good enough it was just that stretch that really uh that really cost him and he missed you know three out of four cuts or four out of six whatever it ended up being and it was in really public spots pat it was at the players championship where everything was was setting up really well for him then he you know should have made it out of his group at the match play won his first two matches didn't get out of his group it just it was a weird stretch of golf for him i'm i'm probably back in that what we saw at the memorial even without john rom was spectacular and that's much more reminiscent of what we saw for essentially essentially the entirety of 2020 and into the start of 2021 this is uh to me a a very underrated golfer with all the metrics in the right spot uh, his past four starts in california 15th second third and first so he's another guy he's from california so that must go a long way do you you were a California guy for a while, not so much anymore, but uh, is, is there something to the courses? Obviously, each region of the country is different. Like, you've lived on the East Coast, you live in Vegas now, you've lived in SoCal. Do you find that the golf is incredibly different in why people can gravitate towards one style versus another? For sure. Yeah, it's it, they're incredibly different from region. I mean, that that Southern California golf with with Kakuya rough. This is a this is a rough that if you want to a, a grass type, if you want to get rid of it, Pat, you have to burn it out. You have to like literally extinguish it. It is so tough and and, and just just grabs your club like you cannot even believe you cannot uh, you cannot carry you have to carry your ball onto the greens in most parts of, of Southern California because you cannot bounce it up because Kakuya is like a, a sponge. And then when you get on the greens, these Poana, I mean, it, it, they bud throughout the day. This is what you're going to hear all week long. Oh, it's getting later in the day. That, that grass is growing so fast. It's starting to bud. You're going to see guys tamping it down all week long. It's like, it's like playing Plinko. It, it, it's a skill to not get frustrated when putting on Poa green. So it, it's just completely different than a lot of other regions. You get to places where it's desert golf or whatever, but that, that kind of Southern California Torrey Pines golf is uh, as much of a mental game as it is a physical game. There is one thing with Patrick Cantlay is that I don't like rooting for him. When I had money on him at the Memorial and I was watching, I was like, good God, I kind of hope he loses. Like he is just, he's not fun to root for. He is the most boring player. Uh, I mean, I was going to say inside the top 20, maybe 50, maybe 100. He just, he just is like this. I don't even know, like assassin, right? He just wears all black and you never see him smiling. You never see him excited about anything. And, and he takes yeah, it's so long to hit every shot. I just yeah. want him to, I want him to lose. I'm like, just fucking hit it, man. You're standing right there. You're killing me. He the best thing he ever did was uh, he got caught on that hot mic at Kapalua calling somebody pampered fucks, which I thought was like the most, the most personality we ever got out of. It was the best. I want like, let's embrace that part of Patrick Kelly. It's funny. Yeah. If he, if he just turned bad guy and like he, he's a man of very few words and everything he said was just him being an asshole. Like he could basically yeah. be shooter McGavin. 
It'd be awesome. It would be awesome. Yeah. And then you win a couple times a year and it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. And it gives you a higher profile. You want to get on that like social media money and that maybe that's Patrick Cantley's path right. to doing it. He doesn't really have to change anything. You just can be super slow and people are like, fuck you, Patrick Cantley. And he just waits even longer. Give himself more prep time. Who knows? Patrick Reed's next though. Oof. I want to I want to play Patrick Reed, but I'm not going to be playing Patrick Reed. It, like almost like Speeth, his path is just so weird to win this event. You know, it's going to be so atypical, and that's not to say that he cannot do it. Uh, but I'm just not going to get there. I prefer to take some bombers who are cheaper. His path is always kind of weird, though, isn't it? It, I, I it mean, is. He, and he still wins, which I, I find intriguing. And you look at Poa Putters. Minimum 50 rounds in the last six years. He's the guy, uh, obviously won here earlier this year. I, I agree that the, so what I like about Patrick Reed is he has a go-to shot off the tee that it's important at a place like this. So I, I, I agree his path is much more narrow, but he has routinely shown us that he can, he can walk that path and, and, and then he can do it. So um, I'm, I'm probably more bullish on him than you are. Will you be using him on DraftKings though? Cause I'm trying to make that decision right now. Is he the guy that I want to go with here versus Cantlay versus Hovland versus Finau versus Hideki versus Webb? Yeah. So after, so at least in the nine K range after uh, Morikawa, Reed is probably my next guy. I, I will definitely have exposure to Patrick Reed. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to match the field a little bit, and it's never like he's going to be super popular, especially here with all the other studs. So I'll probably just try to match the field. But I I I think he's he deserves the respect this week. Tony Finau is next. Always yeah. fun with Tony Finau. Jeff has bet him. Cust has picked him as one of his picks to win. Everyone's going to be using him. He's going to be lingering on the leaderboard at some point. Can he win? Who knows. But I don't know if I'm going to get there at 8,900. He's another one who I project to be very popular. When we get to the play the best plays lineup at the end, I mean, this range that we just went through is essentially who people are going to consider the best plays because of the value that they present. You can play three of them in a lineup. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But Finau is just another one. Like, I don't see a huge difference between Finau and Scheffler at this point. I'd probably, if, if his owners, if he's going to be one of the highest owned golfers, I would probably rather play most guys around him. And it's certainly not a knock. He's played well at Torrey Pines on paper. He has the skill set to contend at a U.S. Open. Uh, but we, I feel like we know how this story ends. And you described it. He'll be in the, he'll be near the leaderboard at some point on Saturday and he will finish T17. That, that, that is the result for Tony Finau this week. One of the worst players in the field recently on long approaches, too. Like You'd think that from 200 yards and out that Finau would be excellent. He has not been. Morikawa, too. Sneaky bad from beyond 200 yards lately, which I just found really, really surprising because that used to be where he really excelled. Now he's number one. Morikawa is from 175 to 200, so uh, he can make it up a lot. And that's where the majority, actually, well, not the majority, the plurality of approach shots are going to come this week is from 175 to 200 yards, especially from the fairway. If not, you're going to see a lot of 200-plus here. And just what do you do from there? At least Finau has been good enough that his around-the-green game has improved, that he's pretty good from, like, 50 yards and in. So maybe that's not the end of the world for him. Hideki's next, 8,800. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not going to play him. I have no reason why I'm not going to play him. It's just there are two guys in this range that I really do want to play, and he Hideki just becomes a casualty of you can't play everyone to me. 
coming off losing nine and a half strokes putting at the Memorial, the third worst putting performance in my database for him, which is shocking because if it was anybody else, that probably would have been by far the worst. But Hideki is uh, obviously terrible with the flat stick, which is unfortunate because that's a club that he had been fixing. That is a club that he had been making gains with over his last 10 or 11 starts. And to see him hemorrhage nine and a half at Memorial and another three at the PGA Championship makes me think that he's lost it. And if he's lost it and you go to Tory, you're in trouble. So I, uh, on an excitement scale, I'm like a two out of 10 on Hideki. I, I love the ball striking. I'm very, very concerned. He's tur- turning back into the version that loses five strokes putting every single week. On the flip side of that, if it gets to the point where no one is using Hideki, that Patrick Reed potential shares, the Cantley potential shares, I might just move on to Hideki. I have nothing really against him because like, like you mentioned, outside of the putting, the ball striking was still really good at Memorial. The ball striking was really good at the PGA Championship. Obviously, it was excellent at the Masters, plus he putted that week. Poa is his best putting surface over the past two years. He tends to lose the fewest amount of strokes on that one. You don't get like the minus nines and the minus sevens for a week. I just don't know. It feels like he's just going to be very averagely popular. It's like it's not like, oh, there's 4% Hideki. Because if he's 4% Hideki, I'm going to play Hideki. But if he's like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12%, like in that range with everyone else, I just don't see what differentiates him right now from all the other guys. Yeah, that's fair. He's, he's gained strokes on approach, I think, in quick count, nine consecutive events. That's always going to be there. He's incredibly on brand. He's difficult to watch. If you do end up rostering him, uh, do not tune in to anything Hideki does. It is it is painful to to watch him play. Do we know what the broadcast setup is for this? Are they going to, because I remember when, I can't remember what it was last year. Because football was on that Sunday and like I was watching football at the same time I was watching golf. So I was only watching the main broadcast. I feel like the Peacock, the streaming Peacock service for NBC, now that NBC has the rights to this is probably going to do a pretty good job. Yeah, I had this up earlier. First of all, there is a lot of coverage. Uh, it is basically from first tee shot to last shot every single day. Now, I don't know how it's broken down into it, whether it's featured groups, featured holes. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it like that, but Peacock is a big part of it. I think they're going to start on Peacock. I think they're going to end on Peacock. So you're going to be able to see a lot of golf. I just don't know how much control you're going to have over the golf that you do see. <laughs> Well, that's a bummer. I just just give us cameras on everyone. Let us be able to pick on demand and let me eight box it on my screen. I'll be good to go. Cut sweats live, by the way. Uh, sometime late on Friday. I'm gonna watch Thursday and see like when a good time to start that is. Probably like seven Eastern, seven thirty Eastern. It's West Coast yeah. prime time major. It's actually the best. I love West Coast majors, uh, especially when I have nothing to do on weekends. If you're a fellow whose resting body temperature rivals that of Las Vegas pavement in mid-July, standard antiperspirants probably don't give you much relief. But before you resign yourself to a life of perpetual pit stains, know this. Duke Cannon Dry Ice Cooling Antiperspirant is made for guys who run uncomfortably hot. Its moisture and friction activated cooling system is formulated with menthol to give you an all-day sensation of standing under an air conditioner cranked to high, not a heat lamp stuck to broil. And it's available in refreshing menthol and eucalyptus and peppermint and musk scents. Dry ice uses activated charcoal to effectively combat sweat and stank and with the highest level of odor and wetness protection allowable you'll last longer in the heat and your t-shirts will too if your internal thermostat feels like it's perpetually set to sauna pick up a stick of duke cannon dry ice cooling antiperspirant 
it'll feel as refreshing as jumping naked into a frigid lake without the risk of frostbite to your undercarriage. Visit DukeCannon.com and use promo code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, for 10% off your next order. A curated collection of Duke Cannon products are also available at select Target stores. Once again, DukeCannon.com, promo code MAYO, for 10% off your next order. Let's be honest, you're not getting as good a sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, you're not alone. More than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. I'm not American, but I can report that I don't get enough sleep, or I sleep too long, or can't get to sleep. But at Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows and would like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid. By taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root or jujube fruit, Dreams is the perfect blend for the perfect sleep. So, go to BrickHouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. It's time to sleep like a brick. BrickHouseSleep.com, promo code MAYO for 15% off. Let's go into rapid fire mode here. We got Webb Simpson up next. I like Webb. He's finished top 20 at each of the past three U.S. Opens. He's won a U.S. Open. I think that he has the right mentality, the right kind of Patrick Reed type game, except he's going to hit more fairways. He's pretty good with his long irons and one of the best scramblers on earth, one of the best putters on earth. My issue with Webb is that if I'm trying to pick someone who's going to win this event, I don't think he's going to win. He'll just be almost like I talked about with Justin Thomas at last year's U.S. Open. Like, he'll kind of be there. He'll kind of, he'll be like 33rd, then 17th, then 19th. Then he'll have like a 70 on Sunday, and he'll be like T13. And that's going to be, be like, hey, Webb Simpson, t- top 15, good week. But he was never really there. That's how Webb strikes me this time around. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm um, I'm pretty bullish on Webb. I'm I'm past the point of trying to think there are good or bad courses for Webb. I don't think that exists anymore. He's he's kind of proven that to us that he can contend on on courses that he probably shouldn't. I uh, I agree with you. If you if you made me guess is Webb going to finish inside the top 15? I think that's pretty good. But the closer we get to uh, the number one spot, the the less likely it it becomes. But I don't think that Webb is the guy that burns you here. If you're trying to win a million bucks, maybe he's not the guy. If you're trying to double your money, which I don't know who does that, he might be your guy. Will Zalatoris up next. He's got the distance. He's got the long irons. He looks like Happy Gilmore's caddy from the Waterbury Open. And he shows up in majors, eighth at the PGA Championship, second at the Masters, and he was sixth at last year's U.S. Open. I don't see any reason to go away from him. He lost five and a half strokes to the Charles Schwab. Who cares? Uh, The last time he missed the cut was at Wells Fargo. Before that, it was at Sanderson Farms back in the swing season. I think for 8,600 bucks, it's a good price. Since his debut, I, sh- I shouldn't call it his debut. It's not technically his debut, but since he like came onto the scene at Winged Foot, it is uh, he is one of the top five ball strikers that we have on the planet. And it's not just the majors. The major stuff is impressive too, but also the seventh place finish at Torrey Pines earlier this year, the 10th place finish at Bay Hill, the 15th at Riviera. I mean, he the, the runner up at, at Augusta National. I mean, he just hard golf courses. It doesn't matter. Deep fields. It doesn't matter. Uh, he finds a way to assert himself and it's it's incredibly impressive it's just a matter of time before he starts winning golf tournaments but uh, i agree with you pat for for this price for the upside for the now we've seen this for uh 
eight months, 10 months. It's, it's incredible. You mentioned some of those courses, API, Torrey Pines, uh, even Quail Hollow to an extent where he did miss the cut. But I, would those three be the closest comp courses like Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, maybe Riviera would be the three that you want to like look Riviera. at? Yeah, Riviera with a West Coast California course with a strong field and it's difficult and Poana Greens. I love I love that comp. Bay Hill because playing out of the fairway is so critical and, and the scoring average that we've seen over the last couple of years. Th- those are certainly the two that I've narrowed it down to for, uh, for Tory this week. Scheffler is up next. I wasn't originally going to play him, but the more and more that I looked into his numbers, he's just been playing so well. He obviously has the distance. I feel like he's sort of Xander-esque in his performances, and it feels like U.S. Open should be really good for him during the course of his career. I think he has all the attributes to be a good U.S. Open player. Whether he's going to win, that I don't know, but I think he can most definitely be in contention. Yeah, I actually, I think he's a, a mini ROM with the driver, right? I mean, he's gained strokes in nearly every single event that he's teed it up in since the start of 2020. There was only three or four that he didn't, which is you, the baseline that that ROM plays to. Now he doesn't gain as many strokes as John ROM does, and few people do, but that's that's a really great baseline. Then you start looking at his other metrics, and you see that he's he can get scorching hot with the irons. He can roll the rock at times. He has a, a volatile putter, Pat. That's good. Morikawa also has a volatile putter. Some weeks he's going to lose five. Some weeks he's going to gain you four. When he does that, he's going to win the golf tournament. So I like the guys that have the volatile, crazy putting weeks because that's the one place that you want to embrace the volatility burger is up next eighty four hundred dollars the only thing that scares me off of burgers is lack of driving distance he is not big off the tee he's fine off the tee in terms of driving distance gained over the past 24 rounds he is 87th only and only 41st in fairways gained if he was like top 25 there that would be good but on approach he's 10th 175 to 200 he's 10th from 200 plus he's 15th he's great with the long irons Will he be able to match that out of the rough if he's not hitting every fairway? That becomes the problem with me for Daniel Berger, and that's why he is a pass for me. And, and I love Berger, so I'm kind of just fine with him, but I, I do worry also uh, his short game, his, his around the green play has has been lacking recently, and when you start to getting, uh, you know, hitting your shots from these, these regions that you're talking about, 175, 200, 225 yards, you're going to miss a lot of greens, and when you start missing greens uh, for, for, for Daniel Berger, it's been troublesome recently, which is something that I find concerning. So I'm about uh, completely even on Berger. I like the guy, but this seems like a tough setup for him. Tyrrell Hatton coming off a mystery second place finish. He just sitting there and then it's a tournament that he actually should have won at Paul. He should have ran away with it. (laughs) He lost so many. I mean, he got, he was the benefactor of chipping in for two Eagles on a Saturday, but he had a putt for birdie on every hole on the back nine coming in and made one of them. And they weren't like 50 foot birdie putts. They were 15 foot birdie putts for a guy that in your mind should be a really good putter has had a horrible putting day. He probably should have won that event by five strokes. Now we get him at $8,300. Someone who has played long and hard courses really well. It's almost like you said about Webb Simpson, where there's no course where it's like, oh, this is a Webb Simpson course. This isn't a Webb Simpson course. I find Hatton's the same way. We talked about Bay Hill. He's won at Bay Hill. So that hasn't been a problem. He's played well at U.S. Opens. It's been, outside of the Open Championship, his best major championship. It's been his best American major championship by far. The ball striking numbers off the charts 
right now. It's the chipping and putting that's getting him into problems, but historically, he's good at both of those things. I don't know what to do with him. He's $8,300. That feels like a great value on the number 11th ranked player in the world. Can you get? Can I get to him? Should, should you? Are you advocating for Tyrrell Hatton to be in Pat's lineups? Yes, I am. Uh, not only 11th in the world, 11th this year on approach. If he only loses two strokes putting last week, he wins the golf tournament. And we've seen this from him before. He's actually a very good long iron player uh, or has been at times in his career. And and if that putter starts rolling, if things start going well for him, uh, watch out. And then you nailed it, Pat. The, the, the comp that I love, it's one is Riviera. The other one is Bay Hill. We know that he's hoisted a trophy and he's donned that. I don't know, red sweater, whatever it is at, at Bay Hill. That's yeah, this is, this feels like a great spot for, for Hatton. What about the next guy on the list? Corey Connors seems a bit overvalued at $8,200. I don't think many people are going to use Corey Connors, but the case you made for Morikawa to play really well at this course, I think the same thing applies to Connors. It just, if he misses a green, it's like a triple bogey. Right. And this is, uh, I find Corey Connors to be the most interesting case study that we have right now in, in, in fantasy golf. So he's gained strokes off the tee in every event since Bay Hill. It's, it's been phenomenal, but remember when he got super popular, Pat, and then he just finished like 17th at the PGA championship and everyone was like, Oh, that's not a bad finish. It's just like, if he didn't, if he didn't win, everyone got disappointed and we go through cycles with these guys. And now I feel like everyone has forgotten about Corey Connors. He hasn't played any worse. I wish he was $500 cheaper than this, but he is still uh, one of the best ball strikers that we, that we have on the PGA tour right now. I, I just, there, there's this weird mental thing that we do a lot in, in, in this industry. Well, it's also too, that people aren't ready to see Corey Connors name stuck between Tyrrell Hatton and Louis Oosthuizen. They just see him as a $7,100 player and in a major where he's a thousand dollars more, people are like, whoa, okay. But his ball striking yeah. is top five yeah. in the world. Yeah, get used to it. The guy, the guy's an absolute stud uh with a long club in his hand. The closer he gets, a little bit more worrisome. But yeah, get get used to it. Corey Connors can play. So does that mean you should use him at the US Open? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm much more partial to Terrell Hatton. So if I only have to decide between one of these guys, it's, I, I would give the nod to, to Hatton here. But if I was looking for maybe a little bit of leverage, because I assume, uh, Louis Oosthuizen might be a hair popular, or if I need someone or a second player from this range, I'd be happy to go with Corey Connors, but he just might be a victim of, uh, Terrell Hatton sitting right above him. Well, what do I, so you say Louis that's right below him. So right now I actually have Louis starred and I know that I'm not alone in this because I'm looking at fantasy now national.com looking at the ownership percentages and louis appear at least amongst people in the fantasy national community which you can become a part of with fantasy national.com slash mayo to see what everyone is up to people are liking louis here and how can you blame him he's been great at u.s opens yeah, he's been great at U.S. Opens. He's been great at major championships. He's been great recently. I mean, runner-up at the PGA, he backed it up a couple of weeks later with the, with the top 20 at, at the Memorial. I think that was also even more impressive because he gained over two strokes off the tee. That's one of his better starts in, in, in this recent run. But um, as much as I love Louie, the only concern is that he his, his putter is his crutch. He leans on it. He has to putt well. If he doesn't putt well, uh, you're, you're a little bit more concerned about him. So it starts to narrow the path for for Louis, but we're on a stretch of golf where he's played well had that runner-up finish at at zurich with schwartzel it's it's been a good stretch for all Louis. two more players in the eight thousand dollar range my guy cameron smith eight thousand dollars not going to be getting there with cameron smith the, the driver is just too bad now the approach game is horrible now too it, running i feel like he's 
if there's ever a major that he's going to win, it's going to be the U.S. Open at some point in his career. He's still very young because he has all of the key elements that you want to see from a U.S. Open winner. He can be a very good putter. We can see him around the greens. He's a very good long iron player, and sometimes his driver is really good. Most of the times it is not, and that's not going to be a good scene at Torrey Pines. Yeah, he needs he needs a U.S. Open with no rough, which they're hard they're hard to come by or getting harder to come by. I, I agree. the The driver is just it's too worrisome, and he's gonna put he's gonna be behind the eight ball on nearly every single second shot that he hits, and that's just a difficult way to uh, to play any course. It's a difficult way to play Tory Pines. Last guy of the eight thousand dollar region, the two thousand and three U.S. Open champion Justin Rose, who apparently only he's the new Brooks. He only takes majors seriously now. I, I could not be more out on Justin Rose. I mean, he gains six strokes putting at the Charles Schwab after gaining 11 at the PGA Championship. A couple starts before that, he gains 5.6 at the Masters, four at API. I mean, like, this is a an unbelievably hot putting stretch that he is on. He's not playing all that well in other categories. I, this is this to me is fool's gold that, uh, like, the, 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 the clock is ticking on this one. Abe answer $7,900. He falls into the Morikawa, Webb Simpson, yeah. Corey Connors bucket for me. And that just, they're not guys that I'm thinking about playing. Maybe I can be talked into it by the end of the week, but that's going to be a pass for me on the Mexican Allen Iverson. Yeah, he popped up well on my Rick Run Good model, which scared the crap out of me because I was never really expecting that to happen. I mean, he gains strokes off the tee, but he does it by hitting a bunch of fairways. That uh, you're you're absolutely right, Pat. the The question is, will he hit enough fairways to find success? Um, that well, we don't want, we won't know the answer to that question, but that's that's what he's going to have to do. I'm I think as the week goes on, as I start to build more lineups, as I start to look at uh, the rest of the top of the sevens and that low nines, which I don't like, Cam Smith, uh, Justin Rose, I have a feeling he will get into more of my lineups, and I can build a little bit of momentum in my brain for answer. But it's it's a very narrow path. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Up next, after a sterling Sunday at Palmetto, where he actually gained with his irons over the final two days. Those have been holding him back severely. He's another player who's gained with distance over the past few years. But the accuracy is still going to be there for him. We know he's a short game wizard. That's not going to be an issue for him. He plays hard courses, long courses, really, really well. I don't really know what to make of him. Uh, he's a good price. I like him more than... I like his spike performance on the top of the leaderboard better than someone like answer so if you told me that one of these guys finished in second place i, I guarantee you it's matthew fitzpatrick not abraham answer if you said one of them was t17 it's probably going to be answered not matthew fitzpatrick that's sort of the game that you're playing with him he needs a lot to go right but the stuff that he does well really plays at the u.s open at the same time i think it's going to be a pass for me but i'm right on the edge with him i I'm right on the edge and I think it will, I think he'll be a play for me. I'll, I'll take the other side of it here. I mean, I, I really like, especially at majors, it's, it's really difficult to consider. Well, it's not, it's, it's very easy to consider strength of field and difficult golf courses, but you have to remember to do that. So you look at what he's done, Riviera fifth place finish there. He went to concession, which just 
killed some guys 11th there 10th at bay hill 9th at sawgrass i mean these are some of our most difficult deepest fields that we get on the pga tour and matt fitzpatrick on the first page of the leaderboard in in every single one of them that's that's impressive there is something that he has uh the ability to get it done the driver's been much better here in 2021 uh if he can fix the irons a little bit that that's the the thing that he's got to button up but you you can't find a substitute for guys who play well on difficult courses with with tough with tough fields i'm on the on the, I'm on the edge with him almost like some of the players that you've mentioned he's actually gained off the tee in every start that he has had in 2021 the irons mm-hmm. have not been good he's gained once in his past nine starts so he, they have to come to grips with that sorry yes i was i was reading my logs there uh yeah i i i think his gains from last year to this year with the driver are are massive he's probably one of the most improved players in that category if i were to go run the numbers but uh it, it, that's only you know one shot a hole or maybe you only hit it 14 times because of the par threes it's he, he's got to figure out the next shot he's got to figure out the approach shot All right, we're going to rapid fire territory. So how this game is going to work, I'm going to name the player. I'm going to say if I'm in or out. If I say Mm -hmm. that I'm out, it immediately goes to you. And you can say, if you're in, you can give me the reason why you're in. If you're out, just say out and we'll move on to the next guy. Okay, fair. So no, no explanation needed of why I am passing on Tommy Fleetwood. I'm out. I'm out. Okay, see that this is this is easy stuff. <laughs> Sam Burns, I'm actually in on. Uh, the driving distance is there. I saw him play well on the West Coast swing earlier this season. And I know that when the putter gets going for Sam Burns, it gets going really well. So I'm in. And I think that he's looked pretty good since, uh, I mean, he has the win at Valspar, obviously, but he just kind of lurks around. I don't know how popular he's going to be, but I like Sam Burns at this U.S. Open, and I will be using him weigh in there are uh there's a couple of metrics first of all he is he's long enough he's good enough with his irons he's played well at riviera should have probably won that golf tournament he did eventually get the victory when we played at tory pines earlier this year he finished 18th but pat he was in the final group on sunday so he played well for the first three rounds he has an unbelievable ceiling if you look at golfers since the start of the 2021 season guys who have gained more than four strokes in a single round Sam Burns has done it the most 13 times. Him, Bryson, Charlie Hoffman, and Xander Shoffley, I believe, is the last guy. He has a huge ceiling. I'm in. Oh, I completely skipped over Paul Casey, who I'm in on because it's Paul Casey at a major. I just desperately need someone who's going to come in eighth place. Uh, If that's what you're looking for, then I'm in. (laughs) But if not, you're out? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't think he wins, right? I'm just, I'm just not as excited about it. I'm just very fair. I think this is a very fair price on Paul Casey for a guy who is likely to hang around, but not likely to win the golf tournament. All right. Let's go to Phil Mickelson. I'm out, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I'm just out. It'd be uh, cool, but no. <laughs> uh, Sung J M. I am out on Sung J. I, I briefly made the case for why you could use him on the betting show, but I'm just not going to get there. Yeah, I'm out as well. All right, here we go. This is easy, easy stuff. <laughs> Shane Lowry, I bet the guy to win, so I should probably be in on him at $7,600. I just love where his game is at right now. He is a master of long and difficult courses with narrow fairways. He's actually upped his distance, one of the best around the green players on the planet, and he's hitting irons at the highest rate of his career right now. Just make a few putts, Shane. Win me some cash at 80-1. to 1. I will be in forever grateful to you. 
I wish we could disagree on some of these, but uh, also pretty much way in. I mean, the top tens that he's had, Memorial and the PGA Championship, and you can throw in Harbortown, completely different. But if you want to go back further, TPC Sawgrass, he's gaining a ton of strokes on approach. Yeah, I just, it's it's impressive stuff. And he finally gets to defend next month, finally gets to defend that Open Championship. Uh, Jason Kokrak coming off a win at the very short course at the Charles Schwab, being colonial, outdueling Jordan Spieth, or at least not playing as terrible as Jordan Spieth on Sunday and holding on to a victory. He continues to put the lights out. We know he has the distance. The irons are pretty good. For the love of God, don't ever hit it into a bunker. That could be problems for Jason Kokrak, but at this price, I'm also in. Also in, he's played Torrey Pines a lot in his career. His last five starts, he's got four top 30s. He's got the experience. He's got the distance. He's twice a winner, and he fixed the putter, and it is now uh, straight fire magic. Jason Kokrak's putter is insane. This is going to feel the best of anyone on the board. Sergio Garcia, out. Also out. (laughs) I can't let him hurt me. painful painful with sergio neiman is next i like neiman at seventy five hundred dollars i've been kind of wishy-washy on him i've been in on him some points of the week out on him at some points of the week he plays hard course as well if the wind does pick up off the coast i like him in the wind i'm just worried that he'll chip himself out of this tournament but the price is just so good that you know you're not finding elite players down here in the mid seven thousands but if we talk about distance we talk about irons we talk about ball striking distance plus greens and regulation essentially He's going to be one of the top five players in the field in that. So make some putts, which he's been doing all of a sudden. I'm out only because he just hemorrhages strokes around the greens and Kakuya will just, uh, it could just destroy him. So unfortunately I'm out. Gary Woodland is next. I am out on DraftKings, but I did bet him to win at 125 to one with Feinberg. I'm getting more in. We're seeing the ball striking numbers come back after the injury. Obviously, he's won a U.S. Open, but it was at Pebble. It's going to be completely different this time around, especially when you get to Torrey Pines. But uh, we're starting to see him revert back to that form, so I'm more in than I'm out. Mark Leishman, for me, out. Also out. He, Yeah, no, nah, I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> Adam Scott, out. I'm in on Adam Scott. Uh, his his better finishes. Listen, he's not. I don't know if we have the the ceiling for him anymore, but he's he's made a ton of cuts. His better finishes have come on more difficult golf courses like Mirfield Village. Uh, this course right here, Torrey Pines. He finished tenth in January. His last win, of course, came at Riviera. So I am uh, for the first time in a long time in on Adam Scott. Bubba Watson, former winner at Torrey Pines, out. Also out. Game. That's it. That's an easy one. Watch him coming like ninth. <laughs> Lee Westwood. Uh, the run is over. I'm out. Yeah, just just got off a plane from Vegas uh, after partying it up. I'm out. <laughs> uh, he was third at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in 2008, if people remember. Harris English. I don't know if he's really to blame for his meltdown on the back nine at Palmetto because he was Andercurse, so that was bound to happen at some point. He was top five at the U.S. Open back in September. Kind of like where his game is at, but I will be out. I will be more in than out. Um, it, it, the game, at least last week, and started to turn around to look more like what we got in 2020. In 2020, he was uh, a top 10 player on the PGA Tour uh, in terms of strokes gained to total. So more more in than out, but not sprinting to the window for it. Billy Horschel up next. I'm out. Also out. Max Homa, I'm very much in. He... Keep showing up at these classic design courses against strong fields. He has adequate driving distance, actually really good driving distance. Obviously, he plays well in California. Some of the courses that we rattled off that are comps, he's already won at in his career. 
I get what's not to like is he just sometimes has brain farts and shoots like 79 and he doesn't end up making the cut. But when he does make the cut, he seems to be in contention almost every single time. Yeah, he's much more uh, risky, I think. But he, for for the risk, you get the reward. Uh, I thought even more impressive than his win at Riviera, how emotional, how great that was, is he backed it up the next week at concession with a top 25. Then he went to API and finished 10th there. I mean, it, I, I've I've been very impressed with him. Uh, there is definitely some, some more risk involved, but also in. See, woo, Kim, my guy. I'm going to bet him. No chance he makes a DraftKings lineup for me. Yeah, I mean, you're the Siwoo whisperer, so I'll defer to you, but I, I don't play him often, and I wasn't planning on playing him this week. He is coming off like a seventh-place finish at Memorial. Like, he has the yeah. upside to get there. That's why I'm betting him uh, the miscut equity through the roof. Christian Bezadenhout seems like the prototypical wrong player for this course. Correct. Uh, get me a place where the driver doesn't matter as much because he's terrible with it, and we'll talk, but not this week. Brennan Grace, U.S. Open Maven from years past, plays hard courses really well. Not as short off the tee as you might think, and enters in great form. He was in contention at Memorial, at the PGA Championship. One, albeit in Puerto Rico earlier this year, but it seems like he's trending back up towards the player that you know, almost won at Chambers Bay back in the day. I, I don't know what to do with him, actually. I, I, he's more on the fence. Are you in or out on Brendan Grace? I think I'm in. Uh, had his best performance since the the Puerto Rico Open. Gained nearly five strokes on approach. Of course, he rolled the rock very well, but he tends to do that. He's a very good putter, so I'm not as concerned about it if it was someone like Hideki gaining 5.6 strokes putting. So, yeah, I mean, hey, the South Africans are making a charge right now. They're all feeling themselves. They're sniffing themselves. Uh, this is, I think this is a pretty good spot for him. Well, let's get to the guy, the man of the hour. Won us all a lot of money on the weekend at Palmetto. Garrick Higo, he's, he was winning me money in the Canary Islands on the European Tour. He's won three of his past four starts overall. When you combine the tours together, here comes the problem now. He's going to be one of the most popular guys in this field. Yeah, and coming off uh, your first PGA Tour victory and just securing your card, and I know you're not going to overlook the U.S. Open, but there is... There's a lot uh, to have to deal with this week and then go try to figure out Tory Pines. I uh, will gladly be a, a, a big investor in Garrick Higo moving forward, but he will not be getting my investment this week. I'm really disappointed that he won because I wanted to keep him as like mm. my, my unknown guy at $7,200. Now that's just not going to be the case. He just screams value. Although... Maybe this is more of a Masters thing than a U.S. Open thing because it's only top 60 and ties make the cut. Very few players get through. Is that, like, the popular chalk at the Masters always tends to hit from this area. I don't know if that's the case at the U.S. Open. No, you, we usually see, uh, I mean, without looking it up, I feel like we usually see some carnage in this in this range. Usually, I mean, the U.S. Open is, is you are one or two shots away from making a really big number and playing yourself out of the golf tournament. We've, we've seen that. I, I, I can't imagine they are as successful as Augusta, which is, you know, the most consistent. I do like his game for this place though. He hits it pretty far, a great short game, very good putter. If you can keep the irons going, I could see him inside the top 10. So I'm just holding my breath and hope it doesn't happen. Although I'm going to be rooting for him either way. So, you know, if he does end up burning me and I lose all my money, at least I'll be happy for him. Fair, fair enough. Stuart Sink, I'm out. He's Anderkirst. Oh, uh, I didn't know that, but I wasn't going to play him anyway. Also out. Matthew Wolf. Do we mm. know that he's playing or not? As far as I'm aware, uh, as far as I'm aware, he he is playing. Then I'm in. Um, 
I bet him for a top 20. So I guess I'm in. <laughs> it was seven. It was seven and a half to one. I have no idea what the state of his game is, but uh, for all the reasons that Bryson should excel at a U.S. Open, Matthew Wolf should. Now that is under the assumption that he is quote unquote back, right? The version that we we know and love, not the the version that was losing a ton of strokes off the tee over the past couple of months, but maybe recharged, refocused. I bet him top 20 and I took my plus 750 and said, let's see what happens. Uh, I made 20 lineups. He appeared in three of them just okay. on the off chain. Like he's going to be less than 1% owned in this tournament. Yes. That if just for whatever reason, he's okay again, then I'm going to print cash. He has not played since Zurich, which I think was April. So he's for, for two and a half months, he's been getting getting his head right, I assume, working on things. And if he tees it up, I, I'm, I'm hoping we see a, a, a normal version, a good version of him. I do, too. Like, there was a reason that he didn't play the PGA Championship. He wasn't right. I don't think he's rushing back into this. I would right. guess that he's okay if he's playing, which I tried to look for information on and can't find any. Um, I will try to confirm that later. We got some boots on the ground. He's got to be there by now. So we'll, I'll, I'll text, I'll text you if I find out. Perfect. Charlie Hoffman. Nah, poor Charlie. I'm out on Charlie. Uh, the numbers, say, Charlie. The, the numbers say I should be in though. <laughs> I mean, he's been, he has been legitimately one of the better ball strikers that we've, that we've had on tour uh, this year, but I don't know. A U.S. This just does, this does like, I can play Charlie, uh, 35 weeks a year. This doesn't feel like one of them. Matt Kuchar, out. Big out, yeah. Matt Wallace, big in for me. Long, hard course, got to scramble a lot, make some 35-foot putts. Good driving distance on Matt Wallace, too. I like Matt Wallace. Played well at Quell Hollow. Um, yeah, okay. I could I could be in on Wallace. Okay. Kevin Streelman, <laughs> out. Also out. Francesco Molinari, I am out. Why do I remember him playing well here? He always plays well here. That's okay. why. <laughs> oh, that's because he because he does play well here. Um, I am. I'll be in on on Molinari. Eighth at Riviera. Um, tenth. Okay, so he finished tenth here in January. I I will be in on Molinari. Th this is the exact type of guy that's going to finish ninth, and you're going to be like, where where did this come from, or how did he summon that? Like, I, I'm in. Uh, I'm in on Carlos Ortiz at the same price, just the driving distance, the scrambling. He did leave Memorial in iron play. Wouldn't expect that again because that's sort of an outlier for him to be so high up in strokes gained approach, but just be like, okay, in strokes gained approach and the rest of his game can carry him. So I like Carlos Ortiz a lot. I'm out. He lost strokes on approach at every event from tournament of champions to quail hollow. And, I don't yeah, know how he but, flipped but the switch and did yeah, like, but here's the thing, what though. happened. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> he, he, he was losing on approach. Yes. And it felt like smoke and mirrors. Yes, but he just kept doing it and he kept having good results. Yeah, I, I'm out. <laughs> okay, couldn't sell you. Ryan Palmer, I'm tentatively in based on course history. Yeah, usually plays well around Tory again. One of these just like savvy vets who will, you know, will finish inside the top 15. You'll never hear about them all, all week long. Um, hits enough fairways. I, I'm, I'm cool with Palmer. All right, so now we are at the final portion where just guys in the $6,000 region that you want to bring up that you could potentially be playing. For me, maybe he's not even... Actually, he's $7,000. It's Bobby Mack, Robert McIntyre. I'm tentatively in on him here. Okay, I have two, I believe. Uh, Johnny Vegas, who has one good attribute. It is his driver. That is a good attribute to have at Torrey Pines. His, his last three starts have resulted in 
a ninth at Byron Nelson. He made the cut in Fort Worth, and then he just finished runner-up last week. So he's feeling himself. He's played at Torrey Pines quite a bit. That's one. And the other one's a real big flyer, Pat. Uh, Cameron Young. I'm in on him too. Yeah. Okay. I've already bet him to win. Okay, wow, that's that's more in on him than I am, but I, I I understand. Twice a winner on the Corn Ferry just a couple of weeks ago. He only has four measured rounds in my database, uh, and one of them is from the South Course, in which he gains two point seven strokes in January at the Farmers Insurance Open. Yeah, I just I look at the pedigree from the Corn Ferry Tour. I when I didn't play Zalatoris last year after Sky was like, play Zalatoris, play Zalatoris. I'm like, it's a Corn Ferry Tour. How good can this guy be? And I'm like, no, I was dead wrong. And there are two guys that profile from the Corn Ferry Tour to do really well at U.S. Open conditions. I think Cameron Young is one of them. I think that Taylor Pendrith is the other one at sixty five hundred dollars. He's already two for two and cuts made at U.S. Opens. He has two things that he does really well. He is excellent at bombing the ball off the tee, and he's really good around yeah. the greens. <laughs> he's strong. He's very strong, and that, that, that comes in handy uh, at a U.S. Open setup. Okay, I thought I was going to be crazy for Cam Young. You know, I, and, and this is where I get to say the line is, has never been more blurred between the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA with those guys not coming up last year. So the, they're, they're legitimate players for sure. How do you feel about Vilko Ninbar after he, like, you want to talk about a guy that smashes the ball? There's one. Yeah, he makes um, he makes Bryson look short. Uh, now, what I what from what I understand, I, I think last week was kind of an outlier. Usually on the European Tour, the rest of his game is not that strong outside of of the bomb. But he played well last week. Maybe he can keep it going. I will not have any exposure to him. Uh, I probably will not either. I'm trying to find Sky sent me a thing earlier this week of the guys with adjusted driving distance gained from the European tour who are in this field. Uh, He's number one, Wilco. Then it's Adrian Murnock, Higo, Dietrich, Guido, Fleetwood, Jordan Smith, Weisberger, Johans Vermeen, and recent winner, Marcus Armitage. Uh, then you have right. but Bobby Mack is up on that list as well. So if you're looking for driving distance Euro guys, that's what you can find. If you want to know more about these Euro guys and Corn Ferry guys, check out European Tour Picks and Bets up on Mayo Media Network. Sky and Tom, we're breaking down that side of the draw. We hear about all the big guys from every single show. On that show, you're going to hear about who are legitimate sleepers that maybe you don't know about. Uh, Wyndham Clark, also another player that sets up like Pendrith. Bomber, good around the greens, can make putts. I'm in. Uh, good combination to have, but I'm out. I just, I don't play Wyndham Clark. I always, maybe it's just because I always play <laughs> Wyndham Clark. Uh, who yeah, else? You're either always in or always out on these guys. Two more guys at $6,500. One, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know if I ever played this guy. Patrick Rogers. POA, okay. long course, California, 6500 yep. bucks. I'm in. Uh, yes, he was. So earlier I referenced uh putting Poe and I called Patrick Reed the King because I did an arbitrary 50 round minimum. Uh, Rogers is actually better than that, but he only had like 42 rounds in my database. Is the, can I guess the other $6,500 guy? Do you yeah, have another one there? I do. I don't know if we're on the same page on this, but Brendan Steele, uh, is that the guy? It's not, uh, Brendan Steele is going to be like chalk. I think at this really? price. Yeah. I think he rates as a really good play. I see him as a really good play. I like Eddie Molinari who has been ripping Ooh, up the, the Euro tour. Oh yeah. He's been really good. So he's 6,500. Uh, he hasn't played over here in a while, right? He's just been playing on the Euro tour. Uh, I have him at the 2015 open championship and that's it. A missed cut there. And so that was in Britain. That is, that isn't even, I was going to say, yeah, stage. technically it's not even. Yeah. Okay. Right. But no, his so T to green game uh, is Francesco esque right now. 
Ooh, and maybe they've switched bodies. Maybe, oh, it's a freaky Friday, or maybe people <laughs> just can't tell them apart. Who knows? Guy can't putt, sure. though, so it's it's real it's real troubling. I've never been ashamed to be part of Team No Putt, so why start now? Uh, any other <laughs> of these guys? Sam Ryder coming off a good week. Elvero Ortiz, the other Ortiz brother, he's down here. Hot Fire Dylon Meyer, he doesn't miss fairways ever, so he could be someone. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get below $6,500, though. T. Gala is going to be popular. Just, I will say that right now. Interesting. Um, no, I mean, I know Dylan Wu qualified for this. He plays okay on the Corn Ferry. Paul Barjan, he's probably going to get his card this year and he'll be up, but I'm, I will have zero exposure to these guys outside right. of me just saying their name right now. Do you have time for a play the best plays lineup if we can do it in two minutes or less? Sure. Okay. Let's, Let's play <laughs> the best plays. Raza and I made one of these lineups on okay. saturday so we'll see how much has changed do you think that in a play the best plays lineup that you just start with xander and then try to figure out the rest yeah because he is um because he's the best play and he's not the most expensive play so yes so we'll start with xander he's ninety three hundred dollars <laughs> now this i mean I, it actually but as a four of six the play the best plays lineup cashed at palmetto so that was encouraging to see hatton really carried the day towards the end getting that second place finish so xander and this is more for playing your double ups just objectively and you'll we'll probably have like the six highest owned guys in this lineup that's sort of the purpose of this like who are the good plays that everyone has kind of identified so who's another good play that everyone has identified i said brendan Steele. do you do you want to throw brendan Steele into this i mean i do like brendan Steele. he would offer uh quite a bit of salary cap relief and he hasn't missed a cut this year so if he continues that at 6500 that would be very nice to double our money all right Brennan Steele is in at $6,500. That leaves us with $8,600 remaining. Ooh. Is there anyone in the low sevens that you think is like a objectively good play? Let's see here. Um, oh boy. Not really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really like those guys at all. If you go up a little bit further, I mean, you could get to Homa at 73. I don't know how safe he is if we're trying to build a safe lineup. Yeah. He's not super safe. Maybe we'll try to fill it. Like we could just live in this like upper seven thousands and have enough. Like we could go Casey, Lowry, Lowry, yeah, Hatton, and then have like Victor Hovland if we wanted to. That gives us Hovland. If we go, if we go Lowry, Lowry and Casey, we'll throw those two in. Let's say okay. Or we could go Lowry and Kokrak. It doesn't really matter to me. But if we go Lowry and Casey, we have ninety four hundred dollars left for two players. Okay, so let's pick. Do we want to get like another, like, how, do can we do John Rom? Like, do you want to go up to the top and do it like that and just fill out your last guy with some scrub? No, or or we could do Cantley and Hovland. That fits. Oh, Cantley and Hovland. Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, or we could go <laughs> Finau and Morikawa if you wanted to. Like we we have the, like we have the money for all these guys. Uh, if we go with Morikawa, who who else can we get that? We don't. Uh, we keep Ho- Hovland and Cantlay. We could afford. We could know. Yeah, we could, we could use Hovland and Cantlay with Morikawa if we wanted to. Oh yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go Hovland or Cantlay? Uh, Cantlay. I think okay. is the answer. So the team is Xander, Steele, Lowry, Casey, Morikawa, and Cantlay with a hundred dollars left over. We could buy dinner with that. There we go. That that's not a bad lineup. They should let you. Uh, 
have you ever heard of like, okay, so you can spend over, if you spend over the salary cap, it's like for every hundred you spend over, they take a point off and every hundred you spend less, they give you a point. I have not heard of this. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's freaky. That's when you really start to get free. Cause you could play the top six most expensive guys, but you're going to be behind the eight ball <laughs> on points out of the gate. Uh, Rick, CBS, Rick run good. Yeah. You got the jock market stuff, power hour on the go with Joe. Yeah. Uh, tell everyone where they can find everything you're doing this week. Uh, sure. The best place would be my Twitter at Rick Rungood. I will tweet everything out. Also, rickrungood.com has, I've been injecting it with a lot more golf data and tools and visualizations and everything that I do links out from there. So you can get to CBS and you can get to uh, all the other stuff that I'm doing each week. Rick is one of the best in the business, one of the nicest guys around. And I will duel with you once again in our Golf Digest article that we have where we just lose every single week now. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty ugly. I gotta tell you, uh, especially last week I, that for the first time in a long time, I, I was, I have no idea. I have no idea how this tournament is going to play out, uh, with the course and this field and my picks absolutely reflected that. Uh, I had Hatton. I was just, just hoping that would come back for me towards the end. Uh, didn't quite happen. It'll be Brooks for me this week, though. That'll be the write-up that I have. So once again, at Rick Run Good on Twitter. Check him out all over the place. You can find all of the links up on his Twitter right now. I'll be back live Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern time on Mayo Media Network. So subscribe to that right now. Get in the reviews, play in the Listener's League, get in the draws, follow me on Twitter. Check out all the old shows and columns, like and smash and do all that fun stuff. Please share the show around. And for the most up-to-date information, check out the Mayo Media newsletter that's in the description. I'll have one out on Monday evening and Wednesday evening and maybe once more during the course of the week. If there's any information that I find, it's just extra stuff, links to cool stuff, links to Rick's stuff. Uh, it just makes it all easy for you to go check out. So please subscribe to that. Now, I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.